alone by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network, this is The Good News Show. Good afternoon. Welcome to The Good News Show. That is, uh, we have a new office, but we're still in Las Colinas, so the liner still works. Uh, We are so glad that you are with us here uh, as we continue through Lent, uh, getting very close to Holy Week. In fact, uh, next week is Holy Week, isn't it? Uh, uh, So much going on. Really a a great show. This actually is supposed to be our day off, but uh, when I saw the opportunity we had for who was going to be in studio, I just could not miss it. I also want to thank Diane Xavier because uh, she came in on her day off today as well. So thank you, Diane, very much for being here. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. All right. So second half of the show, since it is the fourth uh, Monday of the month, we are going to have uh, Dr. Jonathan Sanford, the president of the University of Dallas, in with us. And his guest is going to be none other than George Weigel, who I think has been in town this past weekend. I think he had an event I believe it's St. Thomas Aquinas uh, this past weekend, but George has written a book called To Sanctify the World, The Vital Legacy of Vatican II, and I think that's going to be the topic of what Dr. Sanford and George Weigel are going to talk about in studio here in about 30 minutes. Uh, at 10 after, I have uh, the unique pleasure and privilege to introduce you live in studio three of the leaders of the North Texas Catholic Brothers for Christ. They have a big, big men's conference coming up on Saturday, April 22nd. I'm very blessed to be able to emcee that event. Uh, so we have Gilbert Campos. Uh, Bill Kula and Rick Self in studio to uh, just encourage all the men to come to this event. It's going to be so awesome. Uh, St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Frisco probably can hold a 1,000 people at least, and so uh, we want to pack the house, and uh, we'll tell you all about the speakers. Really, really good lineup of speakers and a great opportunity for men to grow in their faith. Saturday, April 22nd from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., so more details about uh, that in just a moment. Uh, first, though, uh, three things I want to cover before we get to the men's conference. First of all, a very sincere thank you to everybody who called in last week and made the Spring share a big success. It was a lot of we fun, went, wasn't it, Diane? Yes, we went over the amount. I was just looking at the numbers, and North Texas, man, they really showed up. Yeah, yeah. Spring is uh, the, the best of the four shareathons generally, but yeah, North Texas, you guys did great. You know, I don't, I don't have uh, the details yet, but lots of donations, a lot of big ones from North Texas. I think there were eight seraphims oh, wow. of eight of uh, five thousand or more, and of of those eight, I think five of them were from North Texas. And so the the big guns came out, and we had donations of all sizes. So, again, thank you very much. It was fun celebrating Mother Angelica and her legacy and her life, and that was what the whole theme was about. So we'll have more details coming out, but uh, thank you if you were part of that. Uh, also, I want to thank uh, Geraldine Kaminsky and Frank Gonzalez and Bobby Lonergan and all the folks over at the Catholic Pro-Life co- community uh, um, for... The event on Saturday night. It uh, was a lot of fun. Yeah, that, that 1,500 people there. Oh, uh, wow. Lou Holtz 
just wow, what a, what a talk. Uh, you know, he started off just saying, I'm a simple man and, you know, bottom third of my high school class and wasn't that smart. I was kind of a nerd, but man, he, he's done well. And uh, he said it might have been his last public performance. Mm-hmm. I'm a well, public speaking, I should say. Uh, but what a great guy. And congratulations to Nolly Lou Holtz and the CPLC for an outstanding event they put together, but also to you, Dave, you received the Pro-Life Person of the Year Award. Yeah, that was great. It was so, so nice, and it was a, it was a great honor, and uh, thank you very much. <laughs> Studio audience is going wild, but yeah, it was great, and I uh, got a plaque, and uh, I'll tell you, the, the best thing about that event is just being with so many people. The support was great. I mean, that Notre Dame package alone oh, uh, was $25,000 that they raised, but you know they've got nine ministries, and it takes a lot of money to raise to to to, to run a a, a pro life uh, you know community like that. And so thanks to everybody who donated. It was an honor. I I saw so many people there, so many friends, including uh, you were there, Diane, of course, Bill Kula. We had a, a GRN table, and so uh, again, Kent even showed up. Uh, yeah, Kent Loney and his wife Kim and uh, and uh, Sissel. Uh, so. Anyways, that, that's awesome, uh, and so thanks again to the CPLC for just putting on a great event. I hope they're all sleeping <laughs> and resting right now, because uh, it's, it's quite a lot of work to put on an event like that. The last thing uh, I want to mention before we get to our guests is that every now and then, uh, the um, Carmel Communications gives me an opportunity to give away some movie tickets, and there is a really cool movie that's coming out uh, with options, it's in early April, and by golly, wouldn't you know? Okay, no, here it is. April, <laughs> these are the only days you can go. April 2, 3, 4, or 6. I'm not even sure what days of the week that is. The movie is called The Journey, a music special from Andrea Bocelli. Okay, and let me just kind of explain uh, what this is all about. Bocelli and his wife, Veronica, travel on horseback along Italy's Via Frangina. An ancient road traveled by pilgrims for centuries in the footsteps of the apostles and saints. Along the way, they are joined by friends, Michael W. Smith, Tori Kelly, Torin Wells, and Taya for world-class musical performance in some of Italy's most magnificent venues and majestic locations. Uh, following a blessing from the Pope, Bocelli's children, Matteo and Virginia, make appearances in this amazing adventure, as well as musicians and singers Catherine Jenkins, Clara Barbier, Serrano, uh, and a whole lot of others. Okay, so it's called The Journey. And so what it is is basically you see all the beauty of Italy. You get the wonderful music of Andrea Bocelli and some of these other performers as well. And I'm really excited about it. So I've got 10 tickets to Cinemark 17 on Webb Chapel in Dallas and then 10 tickets to the Cinemark West Plano uh, Theater on the Dallas Parkway in Plano. Okay, so if you want them... Now, I'm going to claim two of them myself <laughs> for probably the, the Web Chapel one. So I've got eight for Dallas, and I've got ten for Plano. If you want to go, just email me. I probably may not be able to email you back until tomorrow because I'm not going to be around too much today. Uh, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Just say, hey, I want the, the, those tickets to the movie you're talking about. As a special thank you for listening to this show, for supporting the Guadalupe Radio Network and CPLC for the men's conference and all, all the great things that are happening in here in North Texas. I mean, what a blessing it is to live in an area where there's so much going on. Just about every single weekend, there's some event that you can go to or somebody you can hear to, to just edify your faith and draw you closer to Christ. 
All right, so uh, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Just say, hey, I want to go to the Plano one or the Dallas one. Uh, it's called The Journey, a music special from Andrea Bocelli. My daughter just got back from uh, Italy, and so actually I'd like to bring her as well. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's only seven tickets. Uh, but anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll have enough. I'm sure it, it always works out, right? Uh, if you want to go, uh, uh, give me uh, an email and just let me know you want those tickets. Uh, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. All right, let's move on. Again, this is the Good News Show. We're live today on this March 27th. And I have, as I mentioned in studio with me, uh, Rick Self, who is the president of the North Texas Catholic Brothers for Christ, Bill Kula, who is uh, the head, the, the chair of the, uh, the the conference that's coming up on April 22nd, Saturday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., and also uh, Gilbert Campos. I'm not sure exactly what Gilbert's role is, but he's Waterboy. here. <laughs> okay. Uh, welcome to all of you, and uh, thanks for coming in uh, on this Monday. All right, so let's start with Rick. All right, Rick. So first of all, the Brothers for Christ, it's more than a conference. You always say it's it's a movement. It's not a conference. Just kind of give us a, a little bit of background about what this what the, this group of men accomplishes and the and goal and purpose. Yeah, so our ministry, Dave, thank you very much for uh, uh, testing you Okay, there. yeah, there all we right, go. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> All right, Dave. Thank you for having us, first of all. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, our ministry is a ministry for men to keep men engaged in their faith. And we do these conferences, you know, twice a year. But really, we want people, we want our men to get active and involved in their parish, you know, once a week with a, some type of ministry. So that's the real focus, even though our conference is going to be spectacular this year. We have unbelievable speakers we have three keynote speakers speaking for us this year wow so uh we're very excited about that but again our ministry is, is to get men motivated to be active in their faith and uh so so we do that um you know with these conferences one thing i want to point out too is if you want to go to this conference and you can't afford to go to this conference let us know we will get you on scholarship somehow uh in fact you can just email us at catholic brothers for christ dot com uh, actually catholic brothers at gmail dot com mm-hmm. catholic brothers for christ at gmail dot com so uh but anyway that's that's i just want as many men to come we have a great uh turnout already we have over 350 men signed up wow. for the conference and it's every day we're getting more and more this may be our first sold out conference so oh, would that be awesome we uh, so sell out be about what, a thousand you a think? thousand men yeah, yeah yeah to have 350 almost uh this far out you're, only, you're almost a month out or, uh, right now right yeah it's and, way ahead of yeah previous years so yeah, yeah very happy about that that's awesome all right so bill kula you're in charge of the the conference uh rick kind of highlighted that there's some great speakers uh who are the speakers, and what are some of the other you know highlights of what's going to be going on April twenty second? Well, we have Father, <clears throat> we have Father uh, Donald Calloway, who is uh, sometimes known as a surfer priest. He spoke at a one of our smaller fall conferences a year and a half ago, and it was met with such incredible um, commentary that we're having him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have uh, Matthew Leonard. Uh, who is uh, involved with Art of Catholic, and then Dr. Dave Anders, who a lot of listeners here will uh, have are be very familiar with Dr. Dave because he's on EWTN. I've often said that if there was a game of 
Jeopardy that involved Catholicism, hands down, mm-hmm. Dr. Dave Anders would win the game of Jeopardy. Um, what I really want to stress about this particular conference is that as we've been going out, and I know Gilbert will speak about this just in a moment because he's been doing a fabulous job of helping recruit individuals to be ambassadors at parishes and have them come, is sometimes men who are not a wanderer, they're not a seeker, they'll say, boy, I'm, I, I go to Mass. In fact, I go to daily Mass. I'm involved in this group. I'm involved in that group. I'm in the Knights. And, and, and I'm not sure if I really need this. And what I would say to those men who are on fire is that, the men who are at the conference need you mm-hmm. because what Rick was talking about, this movement is designed to help bring about men's parish based ministries. And a lot of the churches that are represented, we already have about 70 that are represented don't have the benefit that some of our larger churches have with a lot of different men's ministries. So whether you are a seeker, whether you're a wanderer or whether you are intimately involved already at your parish home, we want you. I think the Lord really wants you there. And if you are one of the more active guys at your parish, the the insight and the tips that you'll be able to provide to other men who are in attendance is unimaginably important. And so we really want to encourage men from all journeys of their faith to uh, come out and listen to Father Calloway, uh, to Matt Leonard and, and Dr. Dave Anders. And then the music ministry will be performed by none other than our dear friend Dave Moore and the Dave Moore Band. And uh, we are in great hands with an MC and Dave. We're just thrilled to have you uh, back with us again to be an MC. And uh, we really appreciate your support. Yeah, thank you very much. I, I love uh, being at this conference. There's something about just being in a big group of men, hearing awesome talks. And yeah, I would just echo what Bill says because you might think, gosh, you know, there's all, I got to mow the yard, there's stuff I need to do. <laughs> you know, your family needs you to be there. And, and you got to put yourself in a position because something one of these speakers may say, may just touch you exactly where you need to be touched, and it may motivate you. And you may walk out of there at 4 o'clock a, a completely different man. Uh, and we all need to be better than we are, and <laughs> none of us yeah. has reached the state of perfection yet. Uh, Gilbert Campos, other than me and the water boy, uh, it sounds like, are you in charge of uh, you know marketing or promoting, or what, 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 are, you, what are you doing? Outreach. Outreach, okay. Outreach. Yeah. I, I do a little bit of every, everything. Um, I just let the Holy Spirit lead me. Amen. And that's... I, I think that's the way it should be done. Um, yeah, just put myself out and uh, let the Holy Spirit talk through me and um, move hearts. Mm-hmm. And that's what really it's all about. Um, and the title of this conference is actually uh, Encountering Jesus Eucharistic Revival, which goes really hand in hand really well with what's going on nationwide, right? With uh, Eucharistic Revival. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about Jesus. It's all about salvation. Um, it's all about getting people in a better place, given what's going on in this crazy world of ours. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you have yeah. shootings. You have dysfunctional families who doesn't. You have uh, men who are not stepping up to be the spiritual leaders of the families. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes God moves us kind of, sometimes shakes us to grab somebody and which he let me after a confession about a, a week ago uh to one of my buddies we were doing the fish fry and i came out and i went to one of the guys and i said when's the last time you went to confession it's like uh 40 years ago i said that's way too long mm. you, you need to get 
the confession now. What happens if you don't wake up tomorrow? Yeah. So um, sometimes we need to speak hard truths to our close friends that we work hand in hand with. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's open for everybody. You know, uh, young and old, uh, 15 and over, accompanied with an adult. Um, we need volunteers. We need people who want to advertise their business. Uh, we need sponsors. If you have a business, advertise with us. You know, your dollars are going to be very well spent. It's going to be for great cause. You're going to be in a position to saving lives, saving souls. And in this crazy and mixed up world that we're in, we need to save souls. Just as an aside, sometimes I talk to people, I said, have you ever heard of a BIID? And most of the people go, well, what is that? I don't know. Body Image Identity Disorder. Have you ever heard of it? Mm. I, I've never heard of BIED, but when you say what it means, I, I, I think I, I know what you're talking about. I was shocked about. by yeah. it a couple of months yeah. ago. It's like a person says, I feel I should be blind or I should be lame and I should be in a wheelchair. And doctors assist with blinding you or chopping off your legs so you can be in a wheelchair or blind for life. Mm. So this, this is the kind of thing that we're up against. The weird stuff out there right now. Yeah. yeah, and it's only by the power of God that we can help men and families wake up to what's going on in the world and make it a better world for everybody else. All right. Uh, Saturday, April 22nd at St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Frisco, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, Dr. David Anders, Father Donald Calloway, Matthew Leonard, and Dave Moore on music. And, uh, yeah, Dave, Dave, I just saw Dave a couple of days ago. He was absolutely incredible. Uh, you know, uh, I love what you guys are saying because it is a mixed-up world, but oh, yeah. this is open to all people. I mean, you, you don't have Amen. to be, you know, have a halo over your head to go. In fact, you know, probably you know, there's going to be people of all stripes, all ages, all races. You don't even have to be Catholic to, to no, get Rick to go. No, you You can be anybody. You can yeah. be anybody off the street. You can be an atheist that come mm-hmm. to the conference. Uh, one thing we are pushing a little bit harder this year is we want the younger people there. We want the 16-year-olds, 16 yeah. Seventy. My son's coming for the first time as a 16-year-old mm. to the conference. So dads, bring your sons to this conference. This yeah. is very important uh, for them. This is a, may change their you know, future as well. So definitely, uh, we definitely want to do that. I just want to say a little bit about Gilbert. So Gilbert, you know, he, he says he's the water boy. He is. He's been doing all different kinds of things for us this year. He's really stepped up with outreach and spiritual direction and just that's what guys do every year with our group. We have different guys like Gilbert every year, just, and that's what's so wonderful. We're so blessed to have so many volunteers and so many people on our leadership team. That, I just wanted to say that before I forgot. And then the other thing I wanted to say is, you know, one of our jobs as fathers and, and brothers and uncles, we're, our job is to get our families to heaven. And the way we do that is, you know, Going to these kind of conferences, learning more. We're never, we're not saints yet. We, there's a lot more we have to learn, yeah. and and so that's why we do these conferences to help you do that. The three guys that are speaking, they're like walking catechisms. I mean, mm-hmm. they, these guys know their stuff, and you can ask them any question; they're going to answer it for you. And so uh, that's what this is all about. I don't know if you've listening to the catechism in the year with father mike Mm -hmm. yeah but i've i've been doing that this year and i've learned so much about my faith awesome if 20 or 30 percent of our catholics knew that and go through that 
we would change the world yeah. because if we yeah. wouldn't know the uh, the strength of the catechism. Yeah. So that's why you need to come to this conference. <clears throat> Tell me a little bit more, uh, Bill, about Matthew Leonard. I, I think people listen to Catholic Radio, they know about Dr. Anders, Father Calloway, I think everybody knows about. Matthew Leonard, um, I remember speaking to him on the phone. He, he is quite accomplished and a very busy guy and going to a lot of conferences, but may not have the name recognition of the other two. So what, tell me more about him. One thing people really need to know is that Matthew did not grow up Catholic. Okay. And like, you know, other great Catholic speakers and leaders, they were very strong in their faith as a youth. And, and then they began to have that conversion process, as he did. And then he became a very uh, devout um, Catholic. Um, Matthew spends quite a bit of his time um, talking to individuals uh, about the the, the pure presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And there's no question, just like uh, uh, Gilbert was saying, there's an intentional reason why this conference is titled Encountering Jesus Eucharistic Revival, because when when you read Matthew's works, when you hear him speak, he will talk about how the Eucharist was a transformational part of his life. And when we're at, when those of us who attend, whether it's weekly or it's certainly, uh, you know, daily or weekly Mass, um, it is that moment when the priest in persona Christe, as we know, in the person of Christ, holds up the Blessed Sacrament. And, and we're we're reaching out and touching Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's such a beautiful thing that Matthew is going to talk a lot more about. Uh, I think that people will find Matthew to be uh, not professorial, but he's going to be a real deal guy. He's kind of like an any Hickman who just lays it all out there on the line and says, here's how my transformation uh, into a deeper connection and encounter with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, what he's done for him. And that's what people can expect from, from Matthew. And, and, and one of the things I wanted to say here is that the, the, a lot of guys um, want to just say, I got it, I got it, I'm, I'm going to go it alone. And that's when trouble begins. Yeah. The mm-hmm. devil loves to get you, particularly men alone, when you're at a conference with hundreds and hundreds of other men, they become part of your accountability process. You have dialogue with them, whether it's during lunch, whether it's in line for reconciliation, whether it's after Eucharistic adoration. And we are inviting men to stay on for the 5 p.m. community mass at St. Francis of Assisi. But what happens that I've found, some of my closest friends I met through Christ Renews His Parish, and that um, weekend retreat has allowed me over the years to hear witnesses or stories from 77 men. I am blessed beyond measure to have heard those stories because it tells me, Bill, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Here's the stories. Here's the experiences that I had. And so you're going to have that opportunity to interact with men at this conference, hear their stories cultivate relationships and stay in touch with them over time. So that's another reason why I encourage men to be surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of other men. Don't be alone. Be with other men. Yeah, awesome. You know, when you say about the background of Matthew Leonard, it makes me realize that uh, none of these three speakers uh, grew up Catholic, you know, come to think about it. Of course, Donald Calloway's, Father Donald Calloway's story is just, you know, legendary. 
But uh, Dr. Anders, he he was a, a Calvinist yep. Presbyterian. In fact, uh, yeah, that that's so so that that's good. they're, they're going to kind of have that thread going as well. Not sure about Dave Moore? Don't know. Yeah, was, I'm not sure if, about. If he, he, were, he may be a cradle Catholic. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm I should know we that, but I'm, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. Yes, we will. Uh, you know, Gilbert, when it comes to outreach, I yeah. think yeah, it's. I was talking about this during our Shirthon last week. I went out to take my trash out Thursday night. Yeah, happened to run into my neighbor across the way. Uh, started talking to him, and conversation came up about his his wife, you know, who's Hispanic, you know, grew up Catholic. They want to right. get back to church, and he, the, the um, uh, Phil, my neighbor, is not Catholic at all. And I, I said, "You need to come to the men's conference," you know. And yeah. and he said, "Well, really, when is it? No, where is it going to be?" You know. So right. uh, I even said, I, be, "I bet you I could probably get you a ticket," you know, uh, right. uh, if if you, you can't afford it or whatever. But um, but anyway, so uh, ways that guys can outreach if they buy a ticket, pro- probably the best way. To get people there is to tell other men about it or put it on your social media feed or send out a text. I mean, that word of mouth, that personal, person-to-person you know, outreach yeah. is very important, isn't it? Exactly. Your personal network, that's what's um, going to be the key right there. The people that you know, that personally you know, that you can go, I know that you have a business. Do you want to advertise? We have advertising opportunities available, sponsorships vendor tables, you name it. If you want to come, please do. We need it. The church needs it. And uh, God needs you. Uh, We have a hole in our hearts, right? And people fill it with a lot of stuff that's not God, but it's made for God, right? And as a matter of fact, that's part of our T-shirt, right? Our theme is that uh, God made us for himself. Unfortunately, we come to this world and uh, we lose focus, and because of the world is ruled by our enemy, our arch enemy, so we have to stay really focused and true to God, and um, everything will, be, will always be well. But mm-hmm. yeah, we, we just have to go out and uh, just like the apostles, you know, yeah, they just went out two by two. Sometimes it's one, and with the Holy Spirit. That makes it two. <laughs> yeah. So, Amen. Yeah. All right. Uh, how much are tickets now? Uh, where do they go? Also, maybe a little bit about sponsorship. You mentioned, uh, you know, you want some business to sponsor, volunteers. Uh, what, what what should people do if they're listening and they're interested? Yeah. So um, so just a regular conference adult tickets, $49. A student ticket, $16. And we held that to 16 uh, We want to keep that as, as down as low as we can to get as many students as we can. One thing I want to say about that, we haven't really raised our conference prices for the last five years. Like, we've held it in check, even though, as we know, everything in the world's gone up mm-hmm. here in the last couple of years. So that's why we're kind of relying on sponsors. So we have different levels of sponsor. Just go to the website, catholicbrothersforchrist.com, and look around on the different sponsorship uh, opportunities. And we have a lot of people that will just – uh, give angel sponsors well, that w- will pay for other people to go as well. Mm-hmm. And I just want to stress, if you like, if you cannot afford, if you cannot make, you know, if that's your reason for not coming, just uh, email me at catholicbrothersforchrist at gmail.com. Catholicbrothersforchrist, all one word, at gmail.com. The other thing I was going to say, Dave, is you can give away 10 tickets today. So all right. if the first 10 that call or whatever, we, we will... Just need your email and name, and we will get you signed up for the conference. All right. Very good. All right. You heard it from uh, Rick Self. If you want to go to the conference, 
Uh, if you're a, a wife and you're a hundred percent sure you can, uh, your your, you your husband either wants to go or you can <laughs> get him there. Uh, go ahead and uh, email me. I think that'd probably be the best way. Just email me, Dave Palmer at grnonline dot com. Yeah. And uh, Rick says he can get you some tickets. Uh, just let me know how many you, you like. One, two, you know. Uh, I, I, we have ten of them, and when they run out, they run out. But uh, just to let me know uh, um, the name and who's coming, and uh, and I'll get that information to Rick. Okay, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Bill, there, there's more than talks. There's a whole lot. There's fellowship. There's, you know, what, what else will be going on during these uh, gosh, well, eight hours, right? From eight, eight to four. Yeah, it's important for men to know that this isn't a full weekend conference, that this is just eight hours. So we'll start at 8 a.m. and we'll wrap up at 4 p.m. And men are invited to stay if they want to fulfill their weekend obligation of, uh, of participating in the 5 p.m. community mass. So St. Francis of Assisi is, by size, the largest parish in the Dallas Diocese. As Rick said, we can have a, mil- uh, we can have a million. Wouldn't that be wonderful? We can have a thousand men. Uh, and we will have um, uh, our three talks spread out throughout the day. We'll have the opportunity for men to receive reconciliation. We will uh, have Eucharistic adoration. Um, lunch is provided uh, with, the, with the cost of $49 for men or $16 for <laughs> students. So there will be an opportunity to interact with vendors, an on-site Catholic bookstore, which will be from Little Angels in Capel. And so it becomes an opportunity to interact with other men, pray with other men, sing worship and praise as Dave Moore and Van lead us in that. And so this becomes an, an, an eight-hour opportunity to truly potentially change your life, change the course of direction, and it's coming at the end of the, the Lenten season, and we roll into Easter. What a beautiful way to celebrate the Easter season. We are Easter people, and that's what this conference is all about. We invite all men to come. It's CatholicBrothersForChrist.com. Uh, wherever you are in your faith journey or your faith walk, come as you are, come casually dressed, and just be uh, open to the Holy Spirit to drive and guide what you will experience that particular day on Saturday, April 22. All right. Uh, and the website to get tickets uh, is what? Uh, Rick gave the email out a couple of times, CatholicBrothersForChrist at gmail.com. Website is what? CatholicBrothersForChrist.com. Okay. All one word, CatholicBrothersForChrist.com. All right. but uh, And I still have some tickets remaining if you would like uh, some complimentary tickets, up to 10 of them. I mean, not you get 10, but I've got 10 total. Uh, email me, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Okay, uh, as uh, Rick said, uh, general price, $49. Students is $16, but as he uh, mentioned, if, if cost is an issue, don't worry about it. Just email him, Christ at gmail.com, and uh, they will find a way uh, to get you there. Uh, uh, got about one minute remaining before we got to close this out. Anything else? Any of you want to say? Just a word of encouragement or anything that we didn't mention yet? Yeah, our hearts are restless until the rest in Jesus. Yeah, amen. Um, we all have needs. Uh, we always want to fulfill them with other things that actually hurt us and bind us and actually shackle us. But Jesus is here to free us. He wants to break those chains that, chains that bind us. That's why we have the sacrament of reconciliation or confession. Uh, some men have not been to it for, like my friends, 40 years. This is the opportunity to clean yourself because tomorrow is not guaranteed. So 
come as you are. We're all sinful men. We're not perfect, but God is available, and He loves us all the same. All right. So come. Amen. Well, th- thank you very much, Rick Self, Bill Kula, Gilbert Campos, uh, with the North Texas thank Catholic you. Brothers for Christ. And uh, the website, again, is catholicbrothersforchrist.com. If you just do catholicbrothersforchrist at gmail.com, you can email, and it'll go to, to Rick and just let him know you're coming or if you have any questions about the event. Saturday, April 22nd, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Frisco. Yeah. And uh, let's pack the house, like we said. Maybe this will be the first sellout yeah. men's conference, uh, and I am so delighted to be the MC for it. So thank you, gentlemen, for thank being you, here. Man. I really thank appreciate you. uh, your presence. And uh, all right, we're going to take a break and come back. Uh, the University of Dallas segment is next. We've got uh, Dr. Jonathan Sanford, the president of UD, in studio with his guest, George Weigel, who I think also is going to be in studio as well, I believe. So uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back for that right after this. This is Father Donald Calloway, inviting men 16 and older to the 12th annual North Texas Catholic Men's Conference. Join me and other men on Saturday, April 22nd at St. Francis of Assisi Catholic Church in Frisco. We'll pray and talk about ways for men to grow deeper in their faith. God bless you this Lent and trust in the Lord to invite friends and attend. Visit CatholicBrothersForChrist.com for details and to register. Are you tired of working from home? If so, you're invited to check out WorkSuites, a new sponsor of KATH 910 AM owned by Flip Howard from St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in Dallas. WorkSuites is designed for professionals who desire their own workspace to get their work done. WorkSuites provides amenities such as a receptionist, mail and package handling, meeting rooms, and high-speed internet. To learn more about WorkSuites, you can visit WorkSuites.com or call 888-312-WORK. That's work, S-U-I-T-E-S dot com. Hello, I'm Joshua Stafish, a member of Modern Day Parish in Irving and a new sponsor here at KATH 910AM. I'm the co-owner of Absolute Painting. We serve customers throughout the DFW Metroplex, help them with home improvement projects, both interior and exterior, along with painting, drywall, foundation repairs, and other projects, large and small. I welcome your opportunity to prepare an estimate for your next project. You can find us at AbsolutePTG.com or by phone and text at 972-375-5100. Hey guys, I'm Matthew Leonard, founder of The Science of Sainthood. I'm one of the speakers at the North Texas Catholic Men's Conference at St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Frisco. It's happening Saturday, April 22nd, and we'll be talking about the life-changing power of the Eucharist. So join me, Father Donald Calloway, Dr. David Anders, musician Dave Moore, and hundreds of Catholic brothers for an event that can literally transform your life. It's going to be awesome. Register today at catholicbrothersforchrist.com. St. Joseph is the patron saint of the home and family. At My Mutual Mortgage of Grapevine, we support the Guadalupe Radio's network's mission of honoring and supporting home and family as longtime sponsors of KATH 910 AM. We're Bob and Norma Duane, owners of My Mutual Mortgage of Grapevine. We would be honored to speak with you about all your mortgage needs. We can be reached at 817-527-3166. That's 817-527-3166. We are an equal housing lender, NMLS 265303. If you're over the age of 18... 
baptized, have received First Communion, and have not celebrated the Sacrament of Confirmation and wish to do so. St. Joseph Catholic Church in Richardson invites you to register for Spring Adult Confirmation classes starting Friday, April 28th at the parish. The classes take place from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. in the church facilities room 125 PC. Confirmation will be celebrated at the Saturday Vigil of Pentecost Solemnity on May 27th. To register, email alfredors at stjosephcc.net. Well, welcome back to the Good News Show here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Uh, and uh, what a show it's been. Don't forget about the men's conference. If you're interested in going to that on April 22nd, the website catholicbrothersforchrist.com. And I do have some tip- t- tickets remaining. And so if you want to get some complimentary tickets, as Rick mentioned, uh, just email me, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Well, it is the fourth Monday of the month, and that means it's the University of Dallas segment time. Uh, very honored to have Dr. John Jonathan Sanford, the president of University of Dallas, in studio with me with a very esteemed guest, uh, George Weigel, author of a new book called To Sanctify the World, The Vital Legacy of Vatican II. So I'm going to hand it off to Dr. Sanford. Thanks for being here. Good to see you. Well, my pleasure. And, and talk about eminent um, persons in the room, the, the <laughs> pro-life advocate of the year um, and Dave Palmer. So congratulations on Thank your you. Award, I appreciate Dave. that. Indeed, uh, it really is an honor to interview George Weigel today. And uh, for those of you who don't know George, he is the most authoritative biographer of John Paul II, the author of 29 separate books, the Distinguished Senior Fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center, and a proud University of Dallas parent. I I told uh, George a little earlier today um, that I think to sanctify the world is Probably the most important work of his I've read. I've read thousands and thousands of his pages and particularly find inspiring his biographies of of John Paul II. But this work is uh, so significant because it gets the record straight on Vatican II. And um, I'd like to hear initially what inspired you to, to write this book, George. The 60th anniversary of the Second Vatican Council was looming on the horizon, and I was frankly tired of all of the dumb arguments I had been hearing for the better part of five decades about the Council. Uh, I wrote 50 uh, college and university professors and seminary formators, uh, novitiate headmistresses, and said, what do young people today need to know about the Second Vatican Council? What do they not know? And the answer to both those questions was everything. (laughs) Uh, They don't know anything about it, and they need to know why it was necessary, what it actually taught, and what constitutes its authoritative interpretation. So The answers I got to those queries really structured the book, because the book is in three parts. Why the Council was necessary, short answer, because Western civilization was in crisis and the Church needed to respond to that. What did the Council uh, teach? Uh, Short answer, that in Jesus Christ we meet the truth about ourselves as well as the truth about God. And that the church is the template, or as the, sacra- uh, as the council put it, the sacrament of authentic human community. And then third, how the council was given its authentic interpretation by John Paul II and Benedict XVI, two men who were active participants at, at Vatican II. Mm-hmm. 
So that's that's the book in a nutshell. And I agree with you, uh, J.J. I think this is probably the most important thing I've done since the two-volume biography of John Paul II because it points the church into the future. Yes, indeed. You know, we're, we're still embroiled in the controversies that um, I met first in my youth. And certain certain catchphrases that you spend some time reflecting on, people of God, the spirit of Vatican II, the the um, the sense that that something was going on there played into what you describe in that first part of the book as a, a false narrative that developed because of the media tension that was showered upon the proceedings of um, a left right dichotomy. So, what what really was going on, and, and why is that dichotomy so flawed? One of the things that uh, I think is is genuinely original about this book is that if I can borrow a term from constitutional interpretation, this is an originalist mm-hmm. view of Vatican II. In other words, I read the council through Pope John the Twenty-Third's stated intention for the council which you find in a number of, of texts, and most importantly, in his opening address to the Council on October 11th, 1962, where he said several things that uh, are terribly important today. First, we're not here to reinvent the Catholic Church. Yeah. Uh, the Catholic Church uh, was given its form uh, by the Lord himself, and we have no authority to change that. Secondly, we are here to immerse ourselves in what the Pope called uh, the sacred deposit of faith, Mm -hmm. uh, the enduring truths of uh, Catholicism that we offer the world. And third, we're here to find a way to present those enduring truths so that a world that has become disenchanted, irreligious, deeply skeptical, can hear them and through the teaching of the Church meet the Lord Jesus Christ, and become part of his mystical body, uh, the Church. Now, uh, Vatican II was a huge press event, and very early in the game, certainly by the end of the second period of Vatican II, at the end of 1963, the notion that you could parse everything that was going on at the Council in terms of left and right political categories so-called progressive, so-called traditionalists, had gotten set in media concrete. And we know what that's like. It, yeah. Once it's there, it's there. But the Catholic Church is not about left or right. Uh, the faith is not about progressive or traditional. The faith is about true and false. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about noble living versus uh, ignoble living. Uh, it's about what's life-affirming and life-enhancing and what is death-dealing. Mm-hmm. So uh, these categories are not helpful. I try assiduously to avoid them. But it is also true, and I think people need to recognize this as well, that every ecumenical council in history has begun in controversy, was conducted in controversy, and controversy continued after it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes the church about a century to digest an ecumenical council, So we are only about three-fifths of the way through the process. What we can say now is that the living parts of the world church 
are those that have embraced John the Twenty Third's original intention mm-hmm. for the Council as and its documents as interpreted by John Paul II and Benedict the Sixteenth, people who are getting on with sanctifying the world, evangelizing the world. And the dying parts of the world church are those that continue to insist, as some did at Vatican II, that we're we're here to reinvent the faith. Right. Those are the dying parts of the world church, and of course Germany is the obvious example of that today. Yeah. You know, um, Vatican I was interrupted at, at its conclusion. And one of the things that you bring to light in the historical reflections in the first part of To Sanctify the World is the efforts to to maybe close out that council. And um, in some respects, um, those efforts prevailed, but not in any way that the Ultramontists had in mind, right, that there that there was a um, a very different moment for the church. Vatican I, which defined papal infallibility, um, was interspersed with modernism, the the um, uh, call to ressourcement had already been issued in a certain respect, going back to the sources, recovering something, but the political situation in Catholic countries was fundamentally different. And it seems to me that St. John Paul or St. John the Twenty Third saw with with remarkable clarity the need for the church to define itself independently of certain elements of its history so that it could be liberated to evangelize in a way that that really connects to the 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 roots of of our faith. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I would. Um, just to repeat some of the history or go back over it, uh, the First Vatican Council was abruptly adjourned in 1870 because of the Franco-Prussian War, and it was never reconvened. Uh, both Pope Pius XI and Pope Pius XII thought about the possibility of either reconvening Vatican I or, or starting again with a, with a second Vatican Council, and both uh, decided the time was not ripe with that. So, in fact, one of the first things John XXIII had to do was to declare Vatican I closed, and this is going to be the second ecumenical council of the Vatican. Meanwhile, between 1870 and 1959, when John XXIII announced his intention to summon a council— a lot had happened, and most of it was bad. Mm-hmm. Two world wars, three totalitarian systems, oceans of blood, mountains of corpses, the greatest persecution of the church in history, the Holocaust, the Ukrainian Holodomor, uh, the Gulag. Uh, this was modernity in grave crisis. Mm-hmm. And the church had to find a way to address that. And one of the things that John Twenty Third understood was that the church could only make its proposal to this deeply confused and shattered modern world if it put Jesus Christ at the center. The church had gotten comfortable proposing itself. It was an ecclesiocentric proposal. Mm -hmm. Come join the Catholic Church, and then you will meet the Lord Jesus through that. 
in an age that was deeply skeptical about all traditional forms of authority. That was simply not going to work. So the church had to become as it was at the beginning, Christocentric. Mm. Yes. Silver and gold, I have none, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise and walk. Yeah. And we meet Christ first and then become part of his body, the church, through that encounter with the incarnate Son of God. So, yes, uh, there had been a lot happening since the First Vatican Council. The church had to find a way to express enduring truths in a way that could be heard today, and the church had to put Christ back at the center. Yeah. You know, one one of the... Um, I, I, I'm tempted to dig into your your really fruitful reflections on the documents of Vatican II, but um, I want to use some of our remaining time to focus on on the way that that Carol Votila sort of played a role both in framing the the fundamental questions that that drove the way that John the Twenty Third framed the Council, and and that came out through an initial submission when he was an auxiliary bishop in Poland. Um, John the Twenty-Third had solicited suggestions for what needed to be attended to at the council. And then in, in, in when he was John Paul II, the pontificate itself, as well as after John Paul II, Benedict XVI, those two had already been working together. But what what is it that Carol Votila, the bishop, had recognized of fundamental significance to be explored and defined and expanded upon in Vatican II. Uh, Wojtyla uh, had lived a lot of the agony of the first half of the 20th century in his own person. I mean, he knew this in his bones. Uh, the Second World War was a complete horror show in, in Poland with one-fifth of the country that was alive in 1939 being dead by 1945. He had seen his friends, including many of his Jewish friends, uh, killed. He had been involved in Jewish rescue. Uh, and then comes the communists. Uh, then comes this tremendous persecution of the church by the Polish communist regime. So being like you, a philosopher, he has to think this through, and he comes to the view that what has gone so terribly wrong here is the idea of the human person. Mm-hmm. What is our nature? Where have we come from? What are our origins? What makes for righteous and noble living? And where are we going? What is our destiny? And uh, Wojtyla believed by the time that John the Twenty Third summoned the council that the, the wrong answers to those questions had been given by Western high culture for some 300 years. Mm-hmm. That uh, the Western humanistic tradition was in crisis because of false ideas of the human person, which inevitably lead to false ideas of, of how we should live together. So in his response to the request for suggestions about what the council should discuss, uh, he said we should discuss this civilizational crisis, mm-hmm. at the heart of which is this these false ideas of, of who we are, where we come from, what's our destiny, and we should propose Jesus Christ as the exemplar, as the model of the human, mm-hmm. the authentically human, 
because in Christ we meet both the face of the Father of mercies and the truth about ourselves. So it must be a Christocentric council leading to a Christocentric church, which has recovered its evangelical and missionary fervor. And, and that really is, as, as you describe it, the, the master key of making sense of the Second Vatican Council, the, the um, Christocentric, evangelistic, mission-oriented, the discipleship, this notion of discipleship as, as being uh, fundamental to the Council. Why, why was that not apparent for so long? Why, why did it take both John Paul II and Benedict XVI, with, with their concerted efforts to, to bring that to light. Well, the council ended just as the Western world was about to lose its mind again. Uh, the late 1960s were not a calm moment mm-hmm. in which to receive uh, the teaching of the Second Vatican Council. So uh, the church is in the world and therefore got caught up in what, what now looks like another civilizational crisis underway throughout the late 60s, and the, the deconstruction again of all uh, traditional forms of authority. So it's only some 20 years after Vatican II closes that John Paul II and then Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, working together at a, a Synod of Bishops in 1985, can draw out of the Council's documents this notion that the church is a communion of disciples in mission. Mm-hmm. The church begins with friendship with the Lord Jesus Christ that inserts us immediately into the body of his friends, the communion of this, this, these disciples. But that communion doesn't exist for itself alone. It exists to offer others the gift it has been given of, of friendship with the incarnate uh, Son of God. So a communion of disciples in mission becomes the, the master key to unlocking the meaning of the Second Vatican Council, which is then spelled out uh, further in, uh, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which I describe in, in this book, To Sanctify the World, as, as the key chest yeah. for uh, finding all of the keys to understanding the truth uh, of the Council. The this the catechism has has had a profound effect on on the lay faithful in particular. It's readable. It's organized well. Jesus Christ is at the center of it, the heart of it. The um, emphasis on new evangelization. Sometimes people say, "What what what is this new evangel? What's new about the evangelization?" And um, when, when you think of Vatican II, um, is it the recovery of this, this mission-focused discipleship? Is that, is that the heart of what we mean by the new evangelization? I think what's new about the new evangelization is that a lot of the world that we thought had been evangelized and properly catechized was manifestly uh, off the reservation, if mm-hmm. you will. And the new evangelization, as John Paul II described it, certainly includes traditional missionary activity to places where the gospel has not been proclaimed before, but it also includes the Mm re-evangelization of Europe, the North Atlantic world, parts of Latin America, 
that we thought had been successfully evangelized, but manifestly uh, are in in trouble in terms of their uh, in terms of the gospel being a, a dominant cultural uh, factor in those parts of the world. So, the new evangelization includes re-evangelization as well as missionary activity. Yeah, and, and the global South has just seen an explosion in in growth in in uh, Catholic disciples. The, the greatest growth area for the Catholic Church today is sub-Saharan Africa. This, this could well be the demographic center of the church by the end of the 21st century. And its leaders have embraced the Second Vatican Council as authoritatively interpreted by John Paul II and Benedict XVI. They are not interested in Catholic light. They are not interested in Catholic zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want the fullness of uh, Catholic truth which they experience as liberating. Mm-hmm. And that is why those parts of the church are going to play an increasingly important role on the world Catholic stage uh, in the future. Yeah, I entirely agree. To sanctify the world, the vital legacy of Vatican II. I want our listeners to buy this book. It is well worth the time. It is profound and needed at this moment in our history. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Well, thank you for having me on here. I do hope uh, uh, our listeners uh, meet the book. I think a lot of people find it a sign of hope, uh, an encouragement to hope at this moment in church history. I want to thank you, uh, J.J., for what you and your colleagues are doing at the University of Dallas, uh, which is nothing other than rescuing American higher education from the woke slough of despond in which it is increasingly slinked, mm. into which it is increasingly sinking these days. Uh, what you're doing is terribly important for your students, but it's also uh, terribly important for our culture, for our country, and for the future of a church sanctifying the world. Well, thank you very much for those remarks, George. Thank you for being here, taking the time, being with us today. Very nice conversation. Thanks to you both. Dr. Jonathan Sanford, president of the University of Dallas. You can go to udallas.edu for more information on um, the university. And again, the the name of George Weigel's book is called To Sanctify the World, The Vital Legacy of Vatican II. I'm sure you can find it at Catholic bookstores, and you can go to the online uh, usual portals as well. All right, well, thanks to both of you. Thanks also to the gentleman from the Catholic Brothers for Christ and the Men's Conference, our first segment, and also uh, Diane Xavier for coming in uh, uh, to, on our day off and doing the show today. Uh, this has been the Good News Show, and uh, again, also thank you for everybody who donated last week during the Shurathon. Gosh, i got so many people to thank, <laughs> and uh, the great event uh, with uh, CPLC as well. There's so much uh, good stuff going on here in North Texas. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support of uh, great Catholic authors and universities and networks and pro-life groups. Uh, we really appreciate it so much. God bless you. We'll see you next Monday for the next Good News Show right here on KTH, 9, 10 a.m. Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show here on KTH, 9, 10 a.m. on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show.
KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Pray with your kids, you have to play with them. Raising our family of 10 has taught us this maxim is very true. Why is this? Well, as parents, we are the first images of God for our children. St. John Paul II told us, Parents' love is called to become for children the visible sign of the very love of God. In play, we are strengthening our children's sense of belonging. Your child can believe more easily God loves them because you love them. This is what play communicates. Play helps us also remember who we really are and what we are made for, what it's like to be a child. And that childlikeness is an essential element of prayer. Getting on a child's level and being vulnerable and simple and maybe even a bit silly reminds us that it is only through humility that we can approach the Lord. To join us and hundreds of other families for our Play and Pray Challenge, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org.